Gearheads Podcast. Hi everyone and welcome back to more fun on the podcast. Once again, put the pedal to the metal. We are here with one more Wednesday today. I recorded a little bit early due to some thing. I have to go to the doctors. So I will miss a little bit some of the content delivered on Monday and Tuesday. But anyway, we are here and today we have the mythic and probably the most stubborn Portuguese sim racer slash YouTuber, of course. I'm telling stubborn in a good way. I'm talking about random call sign. Like me, he resides on UK and we'll jump soon to talk about him on his interview. First of all, of course, you need to share my condolence to the family of Craig Green, an amazing driver with a passion for rally, uh, Irish, with a little bit of Colin McRae blood on him. Really sorry with everything that happened with him. It was a little bit strange news, uh, part of his accident in Croatia but he's part of life and unfortunately they know what they're doing when they do this type of jobs. It's been a while that WRC didn't have any type of accident, so that's why probably we get taking the news so hard more with the, being so soon near the pass away from Ken Block or different uh, motives, but still. In, like I've been told, this will be the last episode on this format. We'll go Instead of having, like I say, uh, every week a guest will move a week in and out for I can cover better and talk a little bit better about the topics, talk, talking a little bit more about racing and bring a little bit stuff, different stuff to the pod. Uh, of course, this will be a transition period. We'll see how we go with or not. If I feel that we need to go back to the normal, we'll go back to the normal. But in this way, I can keep bringing new stuff and I can relax a little bit more during the interviews, we've been reached over 50k. I've been uploading uh, stats from my Instagram, but it was from previous week. So I'm waiting for this last seven days start and everything being updated. And we made uh, top tire charts in video game category in Portugal, Romania, and Uruguay, having the second in Turkey over the last 30 days. So, as you know, I couldn't be more proud of everything that you guys been helped me to achieve. I could not do it without any one of you, but still, I need your help for that. As you know, join me on Patreon. Will be two pounds, as you know. We're still working on what I can offer and what I cannot offer. So slowly, slowly, and you know, when you join me, you are not only helping the channel, but you are helping other ones. Since every month, I share fifty percent with Macmillan, and you can always help me and sponsor the channel too. So. The same thing goes when you work as a sponsor, you will share with the Macmillan or with other cancer um, institution, charity institution that will be uh, on the country that the sponsor will come. Of course, you can always join us on my first fundraising event. As you know, we'll be hosted uh, in with the Forest Motorsport, which will help raise money for the Macmillan too. And uh, we'll have random call sign with us, gonna have a lot of more people with us, going to be a good day, I hope so, but without any further, let's jump from the interview that you are waiting, and this is an interview with Mr. Random Callsign. Random, thank you so much for being with us, it's a pleasure having you on the pod. Uh, thank you for, very much for having me. Uh, tell me a little bit about you, I will start this uh, sim racing adventure. Uh, 
it's uh, it's a bit strange. My sim racing adventure either started 30 years ago or uh, 10 to 15 years ago, depending on who's counting. Okay. Um, I started my first sim racing game was basically uh, Formula One GP by Jeff Crammons. Back in the day, you would play with the the keyboard because sim racing wasn't really a thing. Exactly. It was a, a very different time. And then I restarted my love for uh, racing games back in 2008, I suppose, with Richard Burton's Rally, um, with Race 07, and then in the PlayStation 3 when the Gran Turismo 5 Prologue 5 and 6 came out. So the, uh, the last part was basically what gave my, uh, gave me the idea of starting, you know, racing in a more serious fashion or at least taking racing games in a lot more serious fashion. All right, that's, that's perfect. So I started a little bit like you, uh, I think was Tokyo Tokyo Race Driver, I think uh, the first ones that bring me enough to talk race over two like you say Gran Turismo yeah I think because of I play in PlayStation I think what make me buy a wheel was project cars we know about the physics are a little bit what we know nothing special sometimes works sometimes not that was what make me buy my wheel and in terms of setup what you are uh, using now uh because I do content creation my setup is always changing always evolving depending on what I have at the moment is better than I had before. Okay. Um, so as my, I have, I, I've just built like three weeks ago, I had stored a um, a prototype version of a GT Omega Prime, which is a, you know, their big uh, 8020 profile. Um, I'm using a DD1 uh, podium. It's the one that uh, connects to the PlayStation 4. Apparently they don't sell it anymore. Uh, the pedals at the moment, because I'm reviewing a pedal set. I'm using a pedal set made by a Spanish company called Sim Racing Pro. Okay. Very interesting pedals because they're pneumatic. They're not load cells. So is that also one that you have on your uh, video, on your on the last uh, videos? No. Uh, I probably did something on Instagram, but I haven't reviewed it at I'm on okay. the process uh, of reviewing. Okay. The, the one that I reviewed before was a Portuguese one. I was in yeah. Im sim, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry Palenders, for that. Which I love. I really love them. So I still have to decide what I'm gonna leave in the rig. Okay. Um the rig itself, of course, while not being like the best there is out there, it's still very competent enough. It's it's I'm a very practical person. I try to have what is good. I don't need to go overboard and I try to maintain everything as simple as possible. I hate cable management. I hate cables. So I sometimes spend time saying to myself, what can I remove from my rig that I don't need? Which goes opposite direction of what normally is in sim racing, which is uh, what can I add to my rig? Exactly. I'm the exact sometimes opposite. You see, sometimes you see too much. I, I agree with you. I, I saw rigs that you are, they are amazing, but right to a time that I, I don't know how they can, they stay inside or can, or can they move because there's so many buttons around everything but yeah tell me so yeah. of course you're gonna have to jump you know you are on this type of uh i would say dark side of uh, sim racing with all these uh cheating allegations you made a mm -hmm. video where you explained very well 
Jimmy Broadband had made a, a last video with the Yarno opener where he, he crutched a little bit more. But with, with between us, what do you think that we should do to stop all these shenanigans? Well, as consumers, we, we need to start looking at this not as sim racers. We need to be pragmatic. Um, we need to start voting with wire wallets. And that's the only power we really have. Um, we, of course, we can organize our, between ourselves and say, please start adding anti-cheats. Um, however, generally, these companies that do games, because we have to be clear, these we, we, we in sim racing, we have this idea that sim racers or sim racing software is some sort of God-ordained thing. It's not. It's a game. Um, and... This games company that developed these softwares, they understand money and they understand uh, bad, bad PR for them. So we need to start organizing ourselves at first asking politely for uh, developers to start implementing um, strategies to combat uh, cheating. And then if that doesn't work, stop playing the games altogether. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, if you want to go for, for a competitive uh, situation, which is generally what, where this happens, uh, you can't really use that software for that. So might as well just vote with your wallet. I agree with you because I think developers like um, EA Games, normally they always care about how much they sell. And uh, I'm afraid that if they start putting at these things or something, a lot of people will know when to play because it's going to be more hard they don't want to be able to do what they used to do before. And uh, um, I'm afraid that some companies where they, not like iRacing or uh, Seto Corsa, but companies where the game is more arcade, I think we don't want to be able to take probably all that away. That's my point of view. I don't know if I'm correct or not. Um, for the, the, the for sim racing titles or for competitive racing titles, um. In, in order to to have an anti-cheat, it's not just the case of getting the software there because for that we have Valve anti-cheat and that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it needs something that is maintained, that is updated and actually have a team behind it trying to update it every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, so in certain companies, for them, they might not want to spend the money trying to update uh, their software because they will need a team to do so. They don't want to play, uh, play, uh, pay the salaries. I've received, uh, fortunately enough, what I was trying to do this investigation, I received a message from um, a developer of a sim racing title, which I will not name, and he said uh, that is very much possible to do this. Uh, they need to, of course, add layers of protection, but one of the layers of protection they can do is start operating the physics online instead of offline. Normally, the physics are operated on your side, so it's your memory, on the right. memory on your PC, which the uh, the the software that cheats will start in, you know, changing the values. But if you operate that in the server side, or at least compared to what the server can expect, you can start to say, hey, there might be something here. Um, so I was um, 
asking you, uh, do you think doing that will not having a lot of value on download? Because after we need to download all the physics while we are playing, so probably it's going to be more difficult to have a proper race, no? I don't know. I think it's 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 there's already a couple of titles that do it. One of them, I think it's iRacing. The other one is uh, R3. Uh, of course, it's still possible to cheat, but it makes it more difficult. The objective, when you add anti-cheats, it's really not just stop it. It's stop it as much as possible. And of course, then maintain your software base to, to, update, uh, to update your anti-cheat to be up to date. But of course you need to be proactive and in order to uh, to be proactive, you have to pay people to maintain it and to update it. So it really depends on what these companies want to do, but it, it is better, I think, for them to, to do that and see people coming back and taking your software seriously rather than they not do it and have a scandal like this. And then everybody stops buying the next game because these games are essentially DLC now. <laughs> they exactly. are, you know, they're full price DLC. Um, a lot of people will will start asking the question, what is going to happen on Formula 2023? Is it now is going to have anti-cheats? And if they say no, well, should I buy it? Yeah, you know? 70 pounds again. <laughs> Sometimes to have a, a different livery and uh, probably they, they want to do they're gonna change the gonna change the corners of yeah yeah. It's seventy pounds for you to rage. If you were gonna rage for seventy pounds, I might spend seventy pounds elsewhere. You know, it's it's a good dinner. <laughs> yeah, they, no, it's, it's not that. Is uh, we need to remember is when they come to you know the Formula One games from year to year, they never bring any extra content apart of a new livery. And uh, oh, don't you like the supercars? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But for, for the new one, what are they going to bring? They're going to change the corner of, of Spain on Catalonia because they, yeah, it's the only thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They added Portimao. To be fair to them, uh, the Formula 2 title, the Formula 2 cars are really fun. No, I like it. No, you, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I'm still missing the classics. I don't know why they take out the classics. I think the classics always bring something to the game, even if it's not a proper experience you know if the physics are not the same physics that would be on the car 100 but i think i quite i quite find ah, that's another can of worms we can be all here <laughs> tonight talking about what makes it a proper sim it just uh I, I the distinction the distinction is it's really not that useful uh formula formula one i think that if we remove all the cheats mm -hmm. you know it does a good job it, it what it's what it really matters. No, is 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 between between uh, arcade and a uh, full simulation. I think is one of the most fun titles. Yeah, it it it's 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 very difficult. And to be fair, there's this guy called Austin Aganowski. Not a lot of people will agree with him, and, and I think he makes a good point. If your breaking points are very similar to the real life, and your point to point speed is very similar to real life, there is an argument to be made that it is a sim probably on the edge it might be a little easier than the real car would be but does it really not matter? everyone will be able to jump on the formula one and, and do what what we do on the on the game so i think you know oh, but that's 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 because more of well 
I'm I'm an older guy <laughs> right now. <laughs> you know, I'm too big, yeah, I'm too heavy. And of course, you, you, you also have to remember that most of the, the time, uh, all of these guys uh, that drive in real cars, they they did karting when they were kids. So it's not, they have that attachment to the real thing. We are detached from the real thing. But if we had the time, at least, I don't, I'm not going to say if they, they had the 10,000 hours they invested with the, with the money from their parents into karting or whatever. Uh, if we had just a little more, probably we could, you know, you could do something well. And we have the proof of that, you know, a guy like James Baldwin. Uh, it did McLaren Shadow. It went to British GT and kicked ass in tick name. So, you know, it is possible. Even if on the on the race of uh, champions, where they yeah. take out uh, Bottas. <laughs> so, so yeah, it is exactly. possible. It, it is possible. It's sometimes you just need the the link, and it might not be needed that much time. But of course, you still need to to pay for that time, and not everybody has the possibility. Yeah, I was speaking with. Uh... The, the last interview we have with uh, Diogo Pinto, and he's, as you know, he's going to make the skip barber. He won on iRacing the competition that's going to offer him to make the eight, the, the eight tracks, the, the full championship on, on the skip barber. And he said that the, in terms of um, feeling on the car, the only thing that changed from iRacing to the actual driving was the physique where you move more, you know, where you are not there constantly driving and you are jumping more. But he said that driving and everything was quite similar to the actual actual car. Yeah, it's close enough. It, it's, it's, it's really what... Yeah, and, and I think uh, we forgot how good it is. We are sometimes, we, 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 we try to, oh, this is better than the other thing or whatever. The sim is more simulation than the other. And it's like discussing the sex of the angels. It doesn't matter. And one of the examples is um, you have Richard Burns, old, yeah. guy, old game, and still kicking out uh, asses on the uh, in terms of physics, yeah, comparing with it's constantly updated by, by people. Yeah. You know, it gets better data and whatever, but it 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 still does. Even on the original physics package, oh man, it's fun and it's, it's you know it's hardcore. Are you excited with the Seto Corsa? Announcing the new game? Uh, yes, yes. I, I, I've been always a big Assetto Corsa guy, but you know I can't be like hyped for it because I'm not sure what they're gonna do. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm, a, I'm a little. I just get hyped. I'm cautious when I try it. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, I'm positive. I, I should speak to Aris. I, I need to ask him. Look, are you gonna give us modding? That's what my. I think so. I think so. They was they was talking. They will be the same modding that uh, they will have already on the on the old game. So would will it be the same engine? I I don't think so because I don't know. I think we don't know. But they what I was reading is will be the same. Will will have the same freedom. I hope so because you know Assetto Corsa is not just the sim. It's a way of life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I, mean? I think I think uh, I think uh, a lot of uh, uh, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Come on, probably Come Jimmy, on. Bro Look. Jimmy Broadman will be will agree more with. Us. If you can, if you if you can have muscle roller, which is basically uh, that mods with two guys on top of each other, 
and the wheels are dumbbells. I think it is a good sim. <laughs> it allows you to have everything. So if you want something that is hardcore and you have a group of guys like RSS that does a really crazy, amazing job delivering a car with awesome physics and graphics and whatever, and you can have it. If you want to do something historic, you can have it. If you want to, you know, try to replicate something that is on car culture, like I did for years in the set of Corsa with Toga Downhills, um, you can have it with like 80s shit yep. box cars. You can do that. If you want to have a Tyrannosaurus Rex, uh, who's stopping you? <laughs> it was to say and driving a Flintstone. Yeah, exactly. A Flintstone car. A, Flint, a, a Flintstone car. I was the, one of the last ones. And even the no SE, I'm not a huge fan. I, I saw a couple of times. I'm not not something that I, I say, oh, I want to I want to do it. But even no SE is is fun, you know? It's oh no has is really cool. It it's it's car culture. It's also a really amazing tool. Um I, I was sent before launch, but I never done it. I never touched the, the mods. Uh, okay. There's these guys from Spain that do Formula um, students. So they're they're students and they have a car. Basically, it's like um, a, a way of bringing multiple people or multiple students from multiple areas of the university together where they build themselves a car. So it's for the mechanical engineers, it's for aerodynamicists and all of that, for people that are studying um, under all of those degrees. And then you also have the modders themselves, which will be people on computer sciences, trying to replicate the real thing into a mod. And they, I find that the idea of the formula student car more interesting about the story and about the a lot of people coming together trying to do the mod from mm -hmm. different uh from different areas from different studies than the mod itself you know it's the story behind the mod that i find so fascinating because when we we talk about modding it's just basically oh, okay this group of uh, people you know three friends did this uh did this thing exactly. and now it's a car and this basically this is how kuno started um power and glory was a mod for, for uh gtr that Addis uh did uh and then from that you know he started working for kunos uh for stefano and whatever uh but while that is interesting for me it's more interesting to have like people that are studying creating something for a video game as a way of testing the limits of their knowledge in the areas that they study. So it's something that not, not everybody talks about. I, I never heard this before. Yeah, it's a couple of, uh, I think it was a person that will work for uh, BMNG. He was doing, when he started doing mods, and after he get a job working on the, uh, as a developer. On oh, the I game. met the guy. Yeah, okay. I don't, I don't know the name now. <laughs> I think I met the guy in Sim Racing Expo. Okay, uh, I, I don't remember the, the name now, but as you talk, it, he started to doing uh, mods on his, on his room, you know, <laughs> playing with uh, creating uh, trucks and everything. And after he expands to actually working with the game. So quite funny. And we're talking about all the games, but what's your opinion on uh, Automobilista 2? It's still Project Cars 2 Physics. It's it's a little more evolved, but it's still Project Cars 2 Physics. A lot of cars, I, I haven't played it for a while, but uh, a lot of cars, especially the Brazilian ones, are really good. 
but some of the cars uh they feel like um the rear all the car all the the wheels aren't casters that means you break the car the car goes you know okay front to back or back to front i mean and it becomes really difficult to drive there's like this uh, floatiness that also was on project cars 2 i like project cars 2 for what it is uh i enjoy less automobilista 2 because it fails for me to to be project cars 2 okay. for what it is and it didn't evolve enough for me from the formula in reality it diluted the formula a lot for me to be interested in it but it's it's my personal opinion if somebody else likes it for the physics or whatever you know it's it's their opinion and it should have it and it should have fun if they have fun the better but for project cars too it's not not my okay thing. you think that the community the sim racing community was the cause of project car being what was because i think we've been in one way, I think we I understand that we need to criticize and everything, but there was a small, a small and independent uh, developers. No, you see, we have a Porsche one doing the Dakar. No, Saber Saber Porto, Saber Porto, Saber Porto. They do the Dakar game, and there's a lot of. They are criticized a lot because the game physics are not one hundred percent, but they have a small developer team. <laughs> so, I think they they already doing. Um... In my opinion, to try to, to go directly, I think a lot of sim racers should take a shill pill and try to understand what the games are about and see what the premises of the games are about and does the software meet up with the expectations. From, from that, point of, uh, that point of view, uh, a lot of the games that uh, are considered like top sim racing games would be stopped to be taking seriously. I know it's something really weird to say, but if somebody says this for me is the, the best game in the world for sim racing or whatever it is, and if I have problems launching it and it crashes all the time, or I can't drive anything more than 20 minutes, and if I go to multiplayer, it's a pain in the butt, it is not a good software. I don't care. It might be a good sim, ra uh, sim racing software, but a sim racing software is not a, it's not a title. Uh, yeah, I agree. And some, right. If I want to buy a sim racing software, I'll buy a sim racing software, but don't sell it on steam. You know? Okay. Makes, makes sense. I, I agree in parts. I was just, uh, I think that, I think as a community, I think we are, we are a little bit the problem that they never achieve more what they should achieve. I think. To be fair, probably I think they was rushed. They rushed the second title completely. No, I think probably you agree. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know Dakar. Uh, so I uh, know Dakar. Uh, so Dakar, the first one I think was eighteen was really problematic. A lot of problems with physics. This one is no bad, but it's missing a lot of content. But I'm telling, they are a really small team, and if you see everyone complaining, but the game is developed by twenty persons. It, that doesn't matter. You feel so, uh, that's the other part. It, for me, it, it, how much is the game? I don't think. I think it's 20, 20 pounds, twenty something pounds. Okay, if it's twenty pounds, that's yeah. okay. The, the thing is, when they launch it at like sixty or seventy, and they have the LC, if and if you have the LCs, uh, that, of course, it's in a lot of stuff, and you have to pay. I paid one hundred quids for Automobilista two. 
that game hasn't delivered 100 uh, quid worth of fun. For probably, me. probably. Okay. Um, maybe for other people have. For me, it hasn't. I, there's other titles like, okay, it's 10 pounds. Okay, but I can't play anything because you have to buy everything on DLCs, right? And then the green crashes. And then you can do multiplayer. Oh, but it's the best thing. The tires are the best in the world. I don't care. We have uh, we have snow. <laughs> I, was, I think it was one of the reasons Project Car, but we have snow. Oh, but Project Cars 2 is nice. I, Project Cars 2 gets a bad rap because of Ian Bell. Okay. Um, I, I like Project Cars 2 for what it is. And I think... I've done a I've done a video making uh, making a little bit of fun of sim racers. I called it uh, Project Cars 2 was the goat. Uh, for one reason alone, it's the only sim racing title that is actually a racing game. At least in in a modern sense, because if you go to Assetto Corsa, Assetto Corsa, right? Assetto Corsa is so bad in terms of like user interface. A Russian guy had to develop an app that you pay <laughs> to run it, okay? You know, people pay not to use the software, the user interface. That's that's how bad it is. If you go to R-Factor 2, it received like three revisions of user interface. The new one is okay. The new one I like. But uh, once you go inside the simulator, it's still... It's still a crash course. It's really bad. It's really not that good. You go to a set of course of competizione. Yeah, it's okay. It's much better. It's uh, it's more panel like. You know, it's for consoles, but there's no descriptions. There's nothing. You don't know what it does. You have Project Cars Two. Yeah. Project Cars Two tells you what it does. You know, the 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 setups might be all wrong, and in in a lot of cases they are, but. At least you have a more or less an idea of what what the setup does. Uh, the same in Gran Turismo. Um, software is really important. Simulation it it can be important depending on the objective. You know, sometimes developers don't want to go that way because they need a lot of data and they'll want to have like mm -hmm. a minimal viable product that still drives nice and it's approachable. Uh, but user interface is where a sim racing is missing a lot. And for me, Grant uh, not Grant Turismo, yeah, as well, but more uh, Project Cars 2 because it made everything so compact. Project Cars 2 was not only a decent enough simulator, but also a very good racing game. It had it, it had its flaws, but it had the best overall package. If you wanted a, a tournament, you can have a tournament. You can do like the the, the the multiplayer challenges you can do your own like uh, career where you could progress to the next one so i think on on terms of career as a person that wants to do like a more yeah. type of career it, it's, it's fun it's believable it is super believable because you yeah exactly 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 that's that part is really good so i there's this lack of development of the user interface and that's for me one of the reasons why sim racing is not as popular but games like gran turismo are in forza because the user interface and the approachability of these titles is you know is, is very very good even with all of their faults but they let you approach it they let you fail at it and you are never lost 
very very funny it was i because you are from portuguese and portuguese and um, was a video on the internet talking about uh, Ruben Barrichello in uh, Top Gear. And mm. the video in in uh, Portuguese was saying that uh, the stink was uh, Mike, Michael Schumacher and mm-hmm. the Barrichello uh, was faster than uh, Michael Schumacher. And uh, I made a video and I put uh, reels on uh, on Instagram and I when I say that it was not true, it was the fastest, it was faster than the stink. Until the, mm-hmm. after Danny Ricardo, Hamilton, Mark Webber again came back and they they went faster than him. And the Stig never was uh, Michael Schumacher, was a public stunt. So they have Schumacher there because they need to, him to drive his uh, Ferrari. It was the FXX. That was only him that could yeah, drive yeah, it. Yeah. And okay, that was the thing. So I put the video online. And of course, I, t- I tag um, uh, Ruben Barrichello. And just two persons saw the video. My my per, my per personal account and Ruben Barrichello and I receive a message from Instagram <laughs> that the video would have uh, false information. <laughs> so, <laughs> so touchy people, eh? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Because EF is uh, accelerados on. Oh, um, I noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it. I know. Yeah, and on accelerados was putting the same video. From the, the and saying that he was of course after Instagram didn't take the video and. Uh, I ignore it and everything. I still I love uh, Rubens Barrichello. For me, is one of my favorite drivers. I think he's, I think he was very good. It was on the, only on the wrong time, and it was not his right time to to be champion because I think he could be a champion in Formula One. But that's it. But it was funny because it was only two persons saw, and I received a message <laughs> saying that I uh, I think your video have uh, false information. I said, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Why, I'm even praising you. I say that I, I really love you, that you are one of the best drivers in Formula One. But I just said that one thing that was true. He didn't beat uh, Schumacher. Schumacher was not the stick. He beat the stick, but oh, man, it was funny. Well, well, welcome back to the um, just to finish about uh, team racing. You have uh, anything that you would like to try on motorsport? You think you will be good on GT3 uh, as a big fan? Uh, no. No, no, no. I am, I am. Uh, there's, there's this thing that uh, everybody thinks is going to be fast on a racing car. I'm exactly the opposite. I, I don't think I'm going to even be decent. Um, I, um, I have a problem with equilibrium. Okay. So I get dizzy very easily. Uh, so even if I am very good in one or two laps, it will never be in the case of like uh, a full race. For example. Um, the first time I did karting, I was faster than my friends that did karting. However, I couldn't keep it up because I would okay. get dizzy. So I'm pretty sure that even if I'm even if I'm fast, it's not gonna be sustainable. So no PSVR. So I presume you, you don't play VR. I played VR, but it, okay. it's it's the um, it's not about it's not about that. I'm, I, I do very well with VR, except I want to set the course okay. of competition for some reason. Um, it's more about the uh, the ear, you know, the cochlear uh, thing. There's like okay. uh, where we keep our equilibrium. And I with when I start moving around too much, too fast, I get dizzy. So even if I am fast for one or two laps, it's not maintainable. It's not sustainable. So yeah. terrible driver. Yeah, but... 
Yeah, but one one lap faster than everyone is still better than nothing, no? Yeah, it's true. If you have the if you have the chance, you yeah, if I have go. a chance, if I had a chance, I would <laughs> love to do something like a GT3 or GT4. GT4 would be very good, or um, you know, even a, a GT86 or GR86. For me, I think Clio. I, 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 you are a new, living on UK with me. I would like to make a Clio, a Clio Cup. I don't know why. I think they are funny cars. Clio Cup, Clio Cup is cool. Yeah, Clio Cup is cool. I think it's they are cool cars. I've taken I've taken my car. I've taken my cars uh, to track days. I've done Norch Life and all of that. So after all of the race or all of the lap you get okay man it's just i'm just already very tired and it, it's i feel dizzy it's it's very very easy for me to start feeling dizzy yeah well, i agree with you for me it's the heat it's, when it's you are there i sweat so much even on the on the simulator i start sweating so much i i'm always very warm i don't know why my body temperature go too high so i always that's that's the, the only the only all for me even mm -hmm. if i do karting it's the same thing i start sweating a lot after two three laps and that of course starts sweating you yeah, yeah 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 you don't get so focused and for me and for me more is i'm i'm faster when i have someone racing with me if i'm making qualifies it's weird if i'm doing a qualify i'm never so fast if i have someone with in front of me of course but if i'm just me alone i'm I, i'm not fast enough i need to have someone around just to keep me on my toes you know what i mean You get too worried. You get. I get too relaxed. Yeah, I know. I know. I know that's, I mean. that's one of the the things that probably take me off, uh, progress a little bit more in sim racing. Is is that is, in terms of race pace, if I'm racing, yes, but if I don't have the competitive, I, mm. I tend to relax too much, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think like I get bored or something, and uh, it's not there. Anyway. Uh, Random, thank you so much for being with us. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And before we finish, as you know, I will have a fundraising in May around near our area of living. So if you want to join us, we'll be in May, uh, 13th of May or 20th. I will give you the after the the date, the, the, the 100% date. I'm just waiting for everything. And if you want to join us, join us. We'll be 50 pounds to person will raise twice for 50 minutes so on total with five minutes of training total of 40 minutes racing on a, on a mm -hmm. simulator and after the fastest on amateurs will uh, top up with the professionals for an half an hour race where we're gonna have to jump i might join you you know send me the invite i might join it's you. a saturday so you know from five o'clock to ten if you want to join us i think it would be nice having you i think you are uh One of the send me an invite. I will send, send you an invite. Uh, uh, I'll 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 do that. Okay, and you will join us. Probably going to teach us how to drive. I, I'm not going to teach anybody because I don't have anything to teach. I'm going to get beat. You know, people will teach me. It's always the other way around. Okay, now <laughs> yeah, it will be a pleasure to have you. Thanks so much for everything. No problem. I just want to say thank you so much for having random call sign. As you can imagine, him and me not share only the same nationality, but we share the same internet problems. So please, BT, fix your lines. You can hear some pings on the microphone that come from that. And unfortunately, I cannot do nothing at all as the bad connection. And it's 2003. I think we deserve a little bit more and we pay for it.
So if you don't follow Random, uh, give him a follow. He's been much more active now in streams. He make a lot of great videos online. He started get active in the Gran Turismo 7. And, and you can have a lot of fun with uh, having seeing him on the streams, listening him and having a little bit of Kailadas going through your screen. Before we jump on Motorsport, as you can imagine, going to be a lot of to talk about. Was racing in Portimao, Long Beach, the Monaco from USA, with a little bit more speed and less yachts and glamour. But let me update you as soon as I start feeling a little bit more energetic, I start getting a little bit better. I will start having stream, of course. I'm still waiting to the computer to get fixed as he have a problem with the cooler when he came, probably during transportation or something, it was getting too hot and it was a little bit harder to play the games. But expecting to have some streamings coming, of course, going to be shit content, shit driver, as you can imagine, my skills are getting worse and worse by day. But for sure, this will be entertainment. But as you can hear the drums, yeah, it's time to talk about motorsport. Yes, we will start talking about motorsport, but of course we'll jump straight to my own race and was the WEC 6 hours Portimao. Toyota continued completely unbeaten and start the World uh, Endurance Championship with a comf comfortable Portimao 6 hours victory for his 8th crew, crew with the Sebastian Buemi, Ryu, Hirokama, Brendan Wartley on 2nd place. You have the a Ferrari 499P with the number 50 with Nicholas Nielsen, Miguel Molina, Antonio Fuoco and the Porsche came as the first LMDH constructor to score a WEC podium with the number 6 Porsche 963 driving by Lawrence Vantor, Kevin Estri and Andrew Lautner. A quick fun fact is the fastest car that be on the grid have been the Peugeot but in, you know, in terms of actual, actual race they've been a little bit down Jack Villeneuve was on uh, the, um, the circuit 2 and I unfortunately have a problem with his brakes as you can see in some of the videos and another fun fact is that Peugeot will have a special livery for the Le Mans and that will be a white one with a little bit of uh, vibes of the 80s so some lines of uh, 80s uh, fiction so with that like type of Tron and everything looks quite cool and other thing I want to share with you guys is a point of view when you see in broadcast the LMP1 cars was always feeling faster so they're feeling better faster of course noisier, noisier but that part you already expect that the noise would go down but I'm a little bit concerned that we are going a bit stopping that progression that was on the LMP1 car, the car that was very aggressive and you can see that the LMP2 cars are slower due to the change on the BOP so to have a, continue having the gap that they have to the LMDH they are quite slowly so if you share the same opinion with me, if you think it's different let me know but I, I really have this this feeling so please let me know what's going around and uh, probably if you have a better point of view, uh, talk to me. Continue with the pod. Uh, United Autosport claimed the first and second place on the LP2. 
with the card number 23 on the first, the card number 22 on the second, the card number 22 didn't count with uh, Philippe Albuquerque as he went to IMSA and leave Frederick Lubin inside. On third position we go the Prima, quite note for Antonio Felix Acosta that stay on fifth position and was his last race on the LMP2 as you know on number 48 Jota Oreca as he's gonna ch charge now to the hypercar class and we'll go with a Porsche 963 with that livery that everyone already saw uh, white and gold with a little bit touch of red quite beautiful one in terms of the rest of the grid the Corvette C8R take the victory uh, followed by the Ferrari 488 GT Evo and the Porsche 911 RSR19 was quite a good race on them Corvette show a lot of pace, quite surprised but anyway, uh, the Porsche's track as probably you guys don't know, I will explain a little bit more on the next pod a little bit about the origins of uh, Portimão and Estoril and what happened with that because there's a lot of involvement with the circuit in Catalonia so a lot of things talking about that but it's quite a good topic to speak on the next podcast in terms of MotoGP as you know they went to Cota MotoGP in Americas was won by Alex Rins is the first victory from Honda engine since 2021 talking about the Emilia Romanera and the victory from LCR since 2018 that's on Argentina GP it's been of course a tough time for Honda but Rims has built a podium on the spring race Saturday he scored his 6th career Grand Prix victory and on Sunday he built early pressure with Pullman Bagania of course Bagania probably if you guys don't know he had um, a crash on lap 8 and he benefits from that but in terms of uh, Rims was completely on top on this weekend uh, but sometimes this um, circuits like Cotel that are huge circuits with a lot of straight um, they don't they don't benefit the MotoGP I like more to see in circuits where you have a couple of straights but you have more turns more uh, hard turns where the motors can stop can need to accelerate so bring the grid more together what quick note for Miguel Oliveira that stay on the fifth position with the return of the Portuguese after the accident that he suffered in Portimão. A lot of Portimão today on the pod. I like it. And he finished with a gap of 9.9 .9 seconds, almost 10 seconds to the winner, Alex Rins. So it was a good, in terms of um, GP, it was a good GP, uh, Grand Prix for Moto. And I quite like to see Miguel Oliveira go back to a top positions. I think is make a good decision leaving KTM but let's see what's going to happen on the future we're going to jump again on WRC and of course I will have to talk again about Craig Green and his unfortunate accident during the test for Croatia last time we saw him in action was in Portugal for the rally Algarve where he had a small incident but unfortunately this one was, I think, was destiny the accident that he had in, in, only injuring himself and injured the co-pilot and unfortunately I think that happened, I think that we cannot control the rally didn't suffer any the WRC, WRC didn't suffer any accidents or loss of a member for a long time of course we have Ken Block and Colin McRae but it was accidents unrelated or that unrelated to the WRC himself 
still the WRC and the FIA will take his number. So the number 42 will be taken out from the grid as being the number 43 from Cambrook. The Hyundai will run a special livery and with respect only going to go with two cars and that's going to be Yekneville and Ozapek Lapi. Once again, I say my condolence to the family of Craig Breen and I expect that WRC and the people around them uh, give them the proper respect. We have to jump to the last of the talks of motorsport and of course will be about Long Beach, Miami, the Monaco, like as I say, of America, the street circuit, probably the, my favorite street circuit because it's so fast, a couple of quick turns and it's really enjoyable, was on my bucket list, unfortunately I would never be possible to go, but it's still on one of my last wishes, so, but never will happen, I think it's very difficult for me to travel, so that will be out of, out of way. But yeah, is I said Monaco from America because it's a street circuit near near, near the ocean, everything. But it's less glamour as you can see in Monaco. No, Monaco is a lot about about yachts, about who is here, who is there, and the cars are getting too big for their on on Long Beach. The cars still have space to overtake. You see a lot of overtakers, so it's it's a, it's a fast track very good before we jump on talking about the races that weekend on on long beach have counting with races of imsa porsche cup history f1 indycar and many others it was a full weekend so who was there could enjoy a lot of that we talk about indycar the mclaren reveal a throwback indy 500 liveries gonna have felix ronsovic on the throwback orange and white marlboro um Quite giving a quite of old school vibes, and gonna have a, a full orange one, classic, and a, a full black one. Uh, but in terms of IndyCar race, Kirkwood scored a maiden win with a one-two for Andretti as Roman Grosjean stayed in second place. Uh, Kirkwood has the first victory uh, on IndyCar. He led for 53 of the 85 laps. Was a very good race with a lot of mistakes. He make. His strategy went very well and uh, he lost the lead for Justin Newgrad, but after he retained the lead when he went to the pits. In terms of um, Andretti, I quite note that uh, they have one, two, and the fourth position with Colton Arte having a fourth position and uh, Marcus Ericsson now jumped straight to the top and leading the championship because he benefited of a, a lot of mistakes of Pato Oauer, so Pato Oauer had a little bit, a couple of mistakes when he went against Alex Palou and Scott Dixon, even throwing Scott Dixon to the tire barrier. In terms of um, that, after starting start seeing a lot, a lot on internet, a lot of keyword warriors you now, and a lot of hate, and I think sometimes the driver, they don't know, they don't, they, is fast movement sometimes they don't realize that things are there they go for a gap and they make mistakes everyone makes mistakes we do mistakes even on sim racing so i think we don't need to go with these eight to all the drivers in terms of uh, the um, roman rojan he just finished when he finishes race he says something that um that was luck probably of yellow flags that 
take him a little bit over the full millage and he could not use this push to pass button. But he's always on the final of his interview, he said that uh, Kyle did an amazing job in qualify and again in race. I didn't see any mistakes of him. So even with that, I don't think Roman Grosjean will have the chance to have the win on this race. I think Kirkwood completely, completely all, all of the weekend. He was with a beautiful game and, of course, a full pink car winning on I, on the IndyCar. In terms of IMSA, amazing race. Quite happy with Akura. Akura finally go back to the lead and quick kick out what was going wrong on the Long Beach. Albuquerque take the pole position with 1 minute 9 seconds and 9 tenths. Like I say, the previous year, Akura normally would go 1.1 second off the pace, so it was really good. And Philippe Albuquerque on the final even say that coming to Long Beach, we're glad the DPI ended because we need a new start. And GTP is exactly that. We knew we were competitive at Daytona and Sebring, and now we know we are at Long Beach. He said that he was one of the weaknesses all the time, and he asked why he was struggling at Long Beach, why he was struggling at Sebring, and he really wants this position, and he done it. The Portuguese driver delivered a very, very good lap time. But unfortunately, everything went down on the race. Uh, Porsche 963 will take the victory with uh, Nick Tandy and Matthew Gemini. All the rest go to the two big factors that was Porsche had a car a little bit out of the pace, so they went to a strategy of no changing tires. That would pay pay after the mistake of uh, Ricky Taylor that went to the tire, uh, tire barrier on turn one in the last minute of the race when he went to grab uh, when he went to the gap. But that probably would not happen if the pit stop between Philippe and Ricky would be perfect. Unfortunately, Philippe gets a little bit stuck after Ricky when he jump, he touch on a clutch and make the car going on neutral and losing around 10 seconds to 12 seconds to refire the car. And that, as you know, is a very small race. This race on Long Beach is the smallest of the grid. One hundred minutes, 10 seconds is a lot. And unfortunately, make them getting a little bit behind. E pushback, bring great uh, overtakes between Porsche and BMW as Cadillac was completely outside of the race as they went on the barriers on the first uh, on the first lap with Sebastian Buemi, but sorry with the <laughs> sorry with the Sebastian Bourdieu, no, no Sebastian Buemi, and that would put Cadillac a little bit more down on the grid. Like I said, the last ten minutes Taylor went. Completely over, he overtake uh, BMW, overtake Porsche. And the last minute was crucial when he went to the gap and try. Sometimes worked, sometimes not, but it's a race. And second, the last 10 minutes was amazing. And if you guys have a chance, jump on YouTube and put highlights. Yes, you're not going to get disappointed. On the final, Taylor even say this about the pit stop that normally they wait for a countdown on 15 seconds, 10 seconds, and 5 seconds, and ready to go. But he was keep hearing, waiting on the driver, and waiting on the driver, what lead me to what I said, I think Filippo Kerk has get some stuck on with him when he come out. And after, when he jump on the 
on the car he caught micro he went for the catch paddle so when he went to lunch nothing happened so he had to put gear uh, with your hands clutch and foot on the throttle to misfire the car in terms of his accident he said that the first phase of braking for good but the car just took off of him he was a little bit disappointed with everything because he has such a good car for fighting back in terms of weekend he had the fastest car even with the problem that he had Porsche only take it a strategy of no tire as we already speak about it because of their lack of pace so he really wants to give it to Wayne Taylor the victory to Akura to the APD Oreca so it was a lot of things that he went to give unfortunately they've been with a little bit of bad luck but I hope that they will can take out that bad luck and go back to that and Laguna Seca I think would be a great race and will be the next one on calendar but as we know it times to stop talking about motorsport and jump to talk about sim racing in terms of sim racing as you know it's always very difficult to have all about the races is i want to involve in the next pod when we have more time we have to have a way of like a website where we can have a little bit more information about other races probably ever the races are having a way of classify them like i don't know some races are important, so we'll go like the FIAF, the Browns, Silver and Gold. But I will speak a little bit more after that. But as you know, it's very difficult. And what I bring you today is the SEL R1, the Round 6 on Nürburgring. Mercedes is back to the podium. Uh, take the first podium, sorry, is back. Uh, Marco Pjekic, James Baldwin take the 1-2 for Mercedes. Luke Bennett take the third place for Team Redline. Speaking on Team Redline. They are on top of both driver and team. So Luke Bennett is on the man on the front and team, and, uh, team Redline is on front on teams. Uh, team Redline at counting with Max Verstappen this time on the team. Not driving, of course, but he was inside helping them and bring a good motivation. It was quite nice to see him on, on the stream having a good time with all the drivers and see him connecting both worlds, as you know. A big fan of sim racing max and it's always ready to jump on the sim in terms of mercedes they much better than it was on the first four rounds uh, and they have a different way of approach i have to question if it was a like a problems on setups problems on the just themselves to the rent sport it was something failing there i try and message uh, james baldwin he didn't get an answer to the time that I make the podcast, so I will try to know what is the his point of view about Mercedes and happy for him going back. In terms of upcoming software, guys, not much more coming, you know. I said, of course, is delivered today the DLC. I recorded the podcast a little bit before, but it's on 19 that uh, I said, of course, dropped a new DLC. A lot of good things coming. Um, Three new cars, one new truck. I would love to have Macau on it too. But remember, for if you guys remember the chaotic GT race that happened five years ago, if not, have a look on YouTube. And yeah, and I think Macau would be a really, really nice race to have it. In terms of other patch, is the changing of the tires pressure. Goodbye to the Pinhead. Goodbye to the famous 27.5 psi figure as everyone keep 
remember, but according with um, the Kunos frontman Aries, will no longer be perfect pressure and give you the optimum grip. A wider pressure window of between 26 and 27 is advised, while some cars may even find more speed above or below the bracket. If you follow me on Patreon, I will have there available uh, a link for the Baku City circuit in Seto Corsa and a couple of new Formula 1 cars that you can have them on the PC. That's once again, guys, join me on my Patreon, two pounds. You keep helping the channel and you keep helping Macmillan. 50-50 go for both ends. In terms of R-Factor 2, um, R-Factor 2 uh, drop the Formula E gene now. It's the third generation. Uh, every car will be available for a price of five, uh, five uh, pounds around that, so five euros on Steam. And if you want or interesting on all the six circuits, all the cars, and even the previous generation, you'll have to pay twenty five uh, pounds. I will have a drop uh, trailer on the Instagram soon, so if you want to go there and see what's going going about, test drive. Unlimited F drop a news newsletter and they say the island will be recreated one-to-one -one scale. They're talking about island of Hong Kong with a little bit of more the landmarks and landscapes to reproduce to one-to-one. -one. I want to know if they're going to reproduce faithful to the roadmap. It's quite nice. We have a good see all the landmarks and everything, but I would like to see if the roadmap will go to one-to-one to, -one. to click finish about software three very quick updates eSport F1 beta is open I know you guys can apply and good luck if you are chosen one iRacing says that rain will not be available until June of course and the Forza monthly reveal a stadium oval and the Lamborghini Huracan S at all in terms of hardware a lot of Good things coming to us, as we're talking about the Testmaster official uh, got to have the bundle with Ferrari, the T1, uh, T818 will go with the Ferrari uh, Formula 1 wheel. In terms of um, Simlab, they are delivering a new rally push and pull shift level with large carbon fiber level, precise craft weight and shift level, compatible with all the PC simulators. Montable in almost the basis, wheel basis, and a quick release for easy installation and removal. Simlab have created an alternative to previous available push and pull shift lever offer from Asher Racing. It's quite a good thing. I uh, love Raleigh, they would love to have this one. I think if I could have it on my Trustmaster, for sure, I would love to have it around it. And to finish the pod, quickly, GOM uh, Industries announcing that lowest wheel available on the market from their brand will be the x29 will be with a price of 650 dollars comparing with the gsl pro that cost around 875 still thinking that's a bit expensive but believe me it comes with 10 led lead push buttons a pair of multi switches a three rotary encoders uh, a pair of and the shifters like you know Gonna bring two shifters and a dual coach uh, system, so it's a lot of things that they bring. They bring always very, they're very good, well built. So the six under might feel excessive for the, for the the price, but is you know it's sim racing, and 
unfortunately, is the price that you do. Moza, in terms of that, Moza always deliver probably the most cheap price in terms of sim racing on the moment there. And that's why probably people start getting a little bit frustrating why Moza can deliver such a good um, equipment on low prices. But with when you put your hands on the Gomez sim industry or the GSI, you see that the way they are building are completely different. But guys, thank you so much for being with me. Thanks so much for supporting me, listening us, keep sharing, keep make me reach more people and let's keep growing together. See you in the next pod. Bye.